Hey, it's Cambrio from CambrioMusic.com. Today we have an interview with Cassius Morris. He's a podcaster from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Now let's get started. So do you have any, like, some of your earliest concert experiences, some of your favorites? Yeah, I mean, my first concert ever was Kiss, uh, and I went to see that. That was a massive outdoor concert, and there was a bunch of other bands, uh, you know, smaller bands performing before. And, you know, I got to start going to concerts young. I was like 10 years old when I started going, and, you know, I probably my favorites would be the Kiss shows I've seen, uh, and the times I've got to see Ozzy, I've got to see him with Black Sabbath um, on three different occasions now. Um, so yeah, you know, and it, it sort of evolved throughout my life. A couple years ago, I started doing concert photography, so that really added it added a new dimension for the concerts and and made it a lot more fun. Yeah, just jumping on Kiss there, I saw. I mean, I've seen it a bunch of times now. Back in 2017, your Gene Simmons interview. I mean, that was pretty incredible. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that, that was a fun interview. I tried a long time to get that interview. You know, that day I was probably on the site for at least six hours waiting around for Gene because, you know, he had a lot to do. He wasn't there for me, obviously, <laughs> um, but he, he made the time, you know, and, and I really appreciated that. And that that was honestly the most nervous I've ever been during an interview. I don't, I don't think I've ever, even watching it back. I've never seen myself that nervous, um, but it's just because it's, it's a person who's been a staple in my life since... I really even discovered what music was when I was like five or six years old. One of the first things I knew about was Gene Simmons and how much of a legend he was. So I never yeah, thought that would happen. It's kind of crazy. It almost seems like he, he takes your microphone there and you go for it at one point, but he's not, he's not giving it back. Yeah, no, he wanted the microphone. And I said, you know <laughs> what, I, I guess you can keep it. Uh, yeah. That, that day, like my, my camera guy basically was like out with the flu last minute type of thing. So I, I was on that one alone. So, I'm just glad it worked out and it was it was nerve-wracking though I was surrounded by security behind the camera and wow. that's what people can't see there was like five dudes and like all in black <laughs> holy and then you just kind of hung around like how did that come about well basically I I reached out to uh the the kiss people um and I just basically talked with them and they passed the request along to Gene and Gene actually answered via email and he said he'd be happy to talk so the Edmonton, uh, the place that they were having the convention, they said no interviews with Gene. They said, we don't care if you have a press pass or not. Nobody's talking to Gene. So I came back the next day. I said, listen, I have this email from Gene. He said he's happy to talk to me. So, you know, and they said, well, whatever Gene wants. So that's really how it happened. I, I, had, to, I had to fight hard for that, though. I, I really wasn't sure if it was going to happen. Yeah, you really had to advocate because it seems like if you didn't say that, then, you know, it wouldn't have happened. No, honestly. And then that same day, you know, I had to get in touch with his personal assistant that they had assigned to him. And I mean, it wasn't easy, but it was definitely worth it. And it was, yeah, it was a dream come true. So is that generally how the process goes? Because I've also seen you with uh, Melvins and they're just legends in their own right as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the process is always different. You know, it, it depends on the artist. It depends on if they're coming in for a concert, uh, if it's going to be over Skype. Um, you know, with the Melvins, it was just nice and straightforward. Just reach out to their management over email. And, and you know, they're, sometimes they're happy to set it up. Yeah, and Buzz is great. Buzz is a really fascinating guy to talk to because he's just, he's really 100% authentic. And it's hard to come by someone that authentic. I know. Even like in some of his shows and interviews, he's very chill. He has like no pretensions about him. 
He'll be happy to play, you know, small venues, see people. He seems really much like that. Yeah, have you got to see them before? No, I mean, there's a few groups, like, he's attached to, I've wanted to, but mm-hmm. not yet. I mean, I, yeah, I really love the songs. The one, Boris, you know that song? Yeah, I think I know that one. So they have a song, it's one of the first kind of, like, I don't know if you want to call it doom metal or very slow and loud kind of sludgy songs. Right. And um, there's a Japanese band called Boris who named themselves after that song. Oh, that's dope. So what about any other favorite interviews you've done over the years? Um, You know, Tommy Chong was one of the favorites that I did. I mean, that one came about on site. I, I went up and I saw where he was doing his signing and I, I basically, I recognized his son who's also sort of his manager. So I just introduced myself to his son and I asked, I just asked him face to face. I said, do you think I could speak with your father? I said, I'd love to have a quick, quick interview. I know you manage him. And he said, wait till the end and come back. And you know, that's another one, five, six hours to kill. You know, you got to wait till they do what they got to do. So I waited, I came back and he basically, he basically cut it down from five minutes to two minutes to a couple of questions. And yeah, wow. I got a couple of questions in and he, he ran to catch a flight. That was it. How did you choose? Like from what you had? Uh, you know, usually before every interview and this sort of started around 2017, I, I have about five questions in my head that I know I for sure want to ask and the rest I just let come to me so that if I forget what I want to say, I have something to immediately grab. So I basically just go over those five questions in my head on rotate 30, 30 minutes to an hour before, and then it's sort of ingrained in my head. And that's really what saved me with the gene interview. Cause you know, I, I was forgetting what I was going to say at that point, you know, out of nerves. <laughs> Yeah, I think I, I think you killed it, honestly. Like anyone else, maybe would have just kind of got cut down and maybe just walked away. So that was awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, honestly, um, I thought he was going to walk away when he opened the blinds and told those <laughs> people to be quiet. I really thought I pissed him off by asking about a past band member. So it was, yeah, that was just a wild interview. Um, any dream musicians other than the uh, legends you've talked to, you would really want to talk to? Definitely. Uh, I'd love to have a conversation with Roger Waters of Pink Floyd. And, you know, he's still out there, still touring. And, you know, Ozzy Osbourne, for sure, Marilyn Manson. Um, and I think Drake is, is one that I'd really like to talk to. Just being a young Canadian, having grown up in the era where he sort of dominated here, I think it'd be cool. And, and Justin Bieber's actually another one. I, I think that in terms of an interview, it'd be really cool to get perspective from him. Uh, again, just having seen that that come up. So yeah, just some guys like that. And I know those are big names, but that can potentially happen a few years down the road. I mean, uh, are you familiar with Nardwar at all? Yeah, definitely. I love Nardwar. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I remember seeing him back in the day on Much Music, and he had like an hour long with uh, with Drake. If you've seen that one, I did see that, and that's a great interview, actually. Yeah, he goes about an hour, and they were kind of chimmy. I don't know if there was some like uh, weed going on, but they're pretty happy to be around. <laughs> yeah, well, there probably was definitely. I mean, yeah, that's the thing about Drake. When he talks, he'll he'll give you a good chunk of time. Um, I mean, I know Edmonton gets passed a lot, passed over sometimes with tours. Mm-hmm. But if you could choose any artists, who would you want to see come come to your town? Honestly, I really want to see the Chaos Alberta Festival come back again, and that would involve a, a couple of different bands. I think it's it's got a lot of potential because you can change the lineup every year, obviously. Uh, you know, this past year they had Disturbed, Marilyn Manson, uh, you know, The Cult, some of the biggest groups in metal. Um, but, you know, in terms of solo concerts, I really hope Ozzy 
gets to eventually come back and do his concert here because it's been canceled twice. And, uh, yeah, you know, always happy. And, of course, always happy to see ACDC. ACDC and Edmonton loves that group, so they're going to sell out every time. Did you say Chaos Alberta? Did that play this past year? I didn't, never heard of it. It did. It was his first year this past year at okay. the Kingston Park. And, uh, yeah, they had, they had the groups that I mentioned, and they had a lot more groups that, like Guar and different, different acts like that, and it was really, really good. Yeah, that would be good to see who kind of runs that just to get an in there, that, if it's just starting, you know? Yeah, it's put on by Live Nation, actually. And, uh, okay. yeah, I, I did photography for the festival, and that was actually one of my favorite ones, to, to photograph Marilyn Manson, because I, I really am a, a big fan of his, just because even when you dig into any song of his just a little bit, the lyrics are so much different than, like, for me, at least what I initially thought and stuff, so... Yeah, sure, the, I, uh, I saw some of your footage from the Slayer show you uh, where you dropped your camera for a second there. Yeah, yeah. That was intense. I mean, did you hear a story back in, uh, I think it was 2018 here in Toronto. That's where I'm at right now. Um, I think it was Slayer's uh, Farewell. They've been doing that a few years now, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. And um, it's at an amphitheater. I don't know if you've seen Budweiser Stage or the Molson Amphitheater around yeah. here. So it was a bit rowdy one guy got kicked out and he actually jumped in and tried to swim across the lake to get back in oh my gosh <laughs> that's insane yeah. honestly i believe it i've been to a show there when i was like 13 and that was the first time i actually met kiss face to face and that was uh kiss and motley Crue. and man that till this day that was one of the wildest concerts i've ever been at <laughs> toronto gets down at concerts yeah, and then this guy, I mean, it's funny because uh, Scott Ian, because Anthrax were there too, right? Mm -hmm. And he actually tweeted out the picture of the guy in the water. I can send that to you. Oh, I'd love to see that. That's, that's hilarious, man. <laughs> and then the venue put out like a special can, and there was actually a, the guy was on the can too. <laughs> like a beer can. Did he get back in? I don't know. It was, I mean, they gave him <laughs> props for sure, but I mean, he got... A, a shout out from Scotty, and so that's that's pretty much it, right? Dave, that's pretty damn good. You can't fix <laughs> <release> that. <laughs> um, so you mentioned a lot of bands. How about Canadian artists? Do you have like a top five, top ten? Anything comes to mind? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm a big supporter of Ko. I love what he does. He's from Saint Lucia. Uh, obviously, Classified's incredible. Um, you know, I think it's it. You know, it's cliche to put Drake on the list, but you can't really downplay the impact that he's had you know there's there's a lot of different groups uh the trues are definitely up there for me too the trues are an incredible group you know we have a lot of talent we have a lot of talent coming out um and a lot of old talent too if you really look at it people like chaos you know yeah so that's probably yeah. my top five honestly how about you like the, uh, the rascals remember them yeah yeah definitely aren't the killers from bc or something like that i love something the killers like that yeah, because yeah. they had that song Northern Touch. I don't know if you remember that. That was like the pre-Drake era, like one big hit they had. Yeah, yeah. I kind of that, – that period, of it, I was sort of disconnected because I was really sort of going back in time with, with the music. And I didn't really get the current music until like 2016. So I was a little late to a lot of stuff. So when do you think you kind of got serious with, you know, putting in the time, putting in the six, seven hours, kind of getting the Cassius Morris show going? When did, was there one moment that you thought, I'm, I'm going to go for this? Yeah, it, it was sort of a, a long period of time. Like, it was sort of a couple of weeks that I really just sat and thought about it. 
and yeah, you know, I just, I, I kind of, I've always been serious about it, but I feel like I'm just more serious about it now. Um, and especially since adding the pop culture reactions and stuff like that, I've sort of found a nice little, little formula of putting those together. So I think when I started adding that with the interviews is when I said, okay, I sort of have something now and I want to start running with this heavy. And that's, that's kind of what I've been doing. You find it hard to kind of make a balance because I mean, everyone wants to get the attention and like the views, but you don't want to throw, you know, three pre-roll ads. You don't want to, you know, sacrifice your, your content and your beliefs, right? No, no. I mean, definitely. I, I see a lot of people go through it. I've gone through it, but I was lucky in a way to start really young. And, and it's almost like the stuff that I did when I first started is completely uh, detached from me now. Um, but there's a lot of people who are just starting out and, you know, they'll do stuff for views. They'll try to do crazy things or they'll try to, you know, and if you're not being authentic to yourself, it's not going to work. And, you know, I've heard, I've heard, you know, Gary Vee even say, you're not fooling anybody. Everybody can sort of see it. So yeah, yeah. I, I always try to be true to myself, you know? Cause I've seen a few who kind of get into a certain audience and then mm -hmm. they try and maybe walk away from the younger audience and they kind of just go at them. They kind of, you know, turn on them when, if they go against their younger audience, have you seen that? Yeah, I mean, I've seen stuff like that. I've seen, you know, it's interesting with me, it was almost kind of the reverse. I, I basically built myself up online through talking about classic rock. And that gave me an older fan base rather than a younger fan base. So I almost faced a bit of resistance from my listenership when I started talking about hip hop and started talking about a lot of the newer, younger, more current acts because it almost didn't resonate as much. So I sort of had to to build up more of a following so that it was more equal. So I still talk about the oldest stuff, but I still have more people who are interested in the current. So yeah, that was that's kind of how I had it, but I have seen the reverse. Nice, I mean, do you have any ultimate goals? Like if there's two or three things in the next year you'd want to accomplish with your show? Yeah, well, this, I mean, it's hard to say when because the world is changing every day at this point. But once this quarantine and everything is lifted, I'm going straight to Los Angeles. Um, and I'm going to be spending uh, at least a week there and connecting with people that I've really been meaning to connect with, with for a number of years. I have a, a couple open door invites to some podcasts. Uh, they say, when you're here, just let us know and we'll do it. And I'm hoping that, that they'll hold up on that. And uh, so, so that's the number one goal. And number two is more comedy. And number three is music. I've been working on, on music of all different types and planning for a release at the end of 2021. So, so that's really where my, my focus has been as of late. Is that like more electronic music? Are you going instrumental or hard? Or what are you feeling for that? Um, there's some singing. There's some rapping. There's guitar, piano. Um, pretty much anything you could picture. I, I'm not. I'm not coming uh, and dropping anything as any particular artist. I'm not going to say I'm a singer. I'm not going to say I'm a anything. Uh, I'm basically just trying to show what I have to offer musically, um, and see if any of it resonates with people. You can throw it out there like the the first Foo Fighters tape. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. You know, it's just, it's it's a time where you can do this stuff from home and work with the right people in the studio afterwards and, and make a good product. So, you know, I, I recently, a few months ago, invested in a home studio for music and I'm, I'm making it for podcasting right now. 
so yeah, that's that's what's next, and and it's it's also helped take my podcast game up, up to the next level too. You guys are going to be seeing some new gear coming pretty soon. So, so yeah, because the equipment is it hard to keep up, or do you have a nice little rig? How's that going? It's going good. I mean, it's it's hard for me because I'm I'm constantly doing different things. Sometimes I'm going to meet people where they're at. Sometimes I'm on Skype, you know. So it's I constantly have to be ready to record mobily and at a home base. So I've improved my home base. You know, uh, I recently got a Shure SM7B microphone. Obviously, with the mail delays and stuff, it it it, it hasn't quite come. Um, pick, you know, the perfect time to get it, of course. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, so it's but you want to be up to date, I, and I I think that you know, give yourself a couple of years with what you have, and then if you're serious, you got to be up to date. That's awesome, man. I don't have much more, but one final thing, and this one's really important. So, are you sitting down for this one? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so for this really important question, it's quite serious. Um, why is Vinnie Vincent the greatest artist of all time? <laughs> oh, man, this is the question that we've been waiting for, really. <laughs> <laughs> Vinnie Vincent, honestly, what can I say about Vinnie? He's incredible. You know, he, he never ceases to, to amaze me. Uh, I haven't heard, heard about him in a while. <laughs> I don't know about you. Because <laughs> I know there's some people who, are, who said they got to go to that kind of uh, studio session that apparently happened. Right. And they're saying that he had a thing where no one could record or like look, but he was like, he was apparently playing like the old days. I don't know how we can verify this, but uh, <laughs> I, I haven't seen the proof. I don't know if you've seen like him actually shredding. I've seen him pick up a guitar at a couple occasions, yeah, and a couple little videos, and you know, I mean, it is what it is. I, I, you know, I like to have fun with it. I like to laugh about it on my channel, um, but I, I don't hate the guy or anything. I just sort of thought it was an interesting topic. But yeah, I guess I guess the Kiss Army did too. It definitely did well. Because I saw, did you see him and uh, and Gene did that little vault thing together? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I almost felt bad. It seemed like Gene kind of left him there for, for a little while. Yeah, I have no I mean, that was, you know, the vault thing is clearly just a money grab. I mean, all these people that have been talking so bad about each other for so long, all of a sudden they'll come to your house for $15,000. I mean, the whole thing is a little insane to me. But again, it, it makes the fans happy. There's people who've worked their whole lives to be able to spend money on stuff like this and power to them. <laughs> Do you, have you heard the tracks from that uh, collection? Which one? The uh, the vault. Any of the unreleased stuff? Um, you know, I don't. I haven't heard much of it, but I think a lot of it I probably heard before, because I've I've really been involved in the underground Kiss bootlegs like back in the day. So I've I've probably heard a lot of it, but I feel like there's probably a lot of it I haven't heard too. So I'd actually be I'd be interested in that. There was that right that un my uncle is a raft song that he was he was playing a bit. Yeah, my uncle is a Raph Stanley the parrot, which is apparently not about <laughs> Paul Stanley. <laughs> See, I'm so I, I could. It's terrible that I have so, all this information still stored in my brain. It'll never go away. I, my whole childhood was kissed. So, um, any last minute things you want to plug or put out there? Um, no, basically just the podcast is on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube, and uh, you know comes out every week featuring the interviews with the biggest names in music entertainment. That's usually how I describe it. So that's about it. Any uh, people coming up in the next little bit or any uh, features you've got? Um, I will, on the record, I'll tell you, um, I have some nurses and physicians who are working directly with COVID-19 
um, that are going to be calling in. I'm actually supposed to talk to one of them today. That was my interview with Cassius Morris, a podcaster from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Thanks so much for coming by. This has been Cambrio from cambriomusic.com.